for the family. What song is this? This is uh band Jess. This is nice. How are you playing that? You can share music on Zoom. So if you hit the share button and you go to share screen and hit advanced, it'll say music or computer sound only. Mm. And it's like you can add, I learned this when I was working for uh, Alabama Democratic Party. We play music on our big barnyard Zoom calls with volunteers before we got started calling. And mm. so I just played DJ for like 30 minutes with uh, people waiting, people waiting. Welcome to Let Me Get My Headphones podcast. I'm Javon. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Jason. And we are the team bringing you the bi-weekly review of headphones, headphone technology, and everything between lifestyle and business. This week we have a pull-up and freestyle episode. I know we all enjoy that. So this is where we have no hot button, just whatever comes to our mind, sort of like our group chat. (laughs) That's what I want. I want a bean bag so bad. Memory, memory bag is what I should be called. I'll put a mellow vibe on till we get ready. Is it my go? Like, is it my go-to? Would I be in my bag? Absolutely. And I try to be like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. That is that. I'd be, I'd be in my bag now. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's easy. That's too easy for it. You know and that's saying? that's why I don't. And it, you know, why I enjoy doing this podcast because I don't have to talk about shit that I'm used to talking about. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but I, every single day, you know. Yeah. Like, you gotta Loki talked uh, earlier in our conversation. We were talking about social media. That's one of the reasons I like not being on social media, not even being on Clubhouse, because I got on there today. Everybody's still talking about that Kamala Harris saying, you know, America's not a racist country. I'm like, girl, listen, I'm about to argue with y'all about what we already know. <laughs> <laughs> y'all can talk. Y'all can talk. <laughs> the big uh, uh, interests I got, the uh, <laughs> invite. Exactly. <laughs> Trying to come up off of them, but I'm I can imagine. I don't, I'm glad that you had gotten away from that, but also I saw you doing very well in that. Um, so nah, no, it except like because when you're in it, no, it's easy to 
spit it out and regurgitate it. But it also gives you don't like what I don't like about it is, and I think you know this, working in the political space, when your peers, when your colleagues know that you work in the space, you become their go-to and there's no off switch for you. Like, that's why I said, I can't go back to like working in a campaign because I get back into that mode of like, there's no off switch and you're always talking about it. Um, it's fun while you're in it, but it just, it gives it, the burnout is high. Unless you get up high, like I've been having the itch to go back to campaigns, but like in a way that I feel that this next cycle, maybe, I don't know, just being hopeful that it might be a good candidate and like mm. go all the way. So like, and then like Listen, the risk can, in it, honestly. If you can get on that black dude's campaign, that's the former doctor. If he runs again, does MBA? Oh, up here. And see, that's the thing. Like, I, I, you know, when you get a taste of like, I do want to do gubernatorial races or like um, another uh, or a Senate race or something like that. But I want more of a federal and in uh, campaign life, like, mm-hmm. you know, like more like absolutely federal, um, because I, I like that feeling. It's more of a national stage, a big stage. And yeah, once you get a taste of a presidential race, you you don't want to go back down to that. Yeah, I love the local. You know, I love the local level. I do. I do it um, from a official position, not on no campaign. I, I don't know. Yeah. Jazz, I know we. You gonna Javon probably gonna tell us to save it. Oh, but I gotta tell you the new thing. So, um, we're gonna give this podcast a rating. I mean, we're gonna give this um, this movie a rating of headphones, uh, okay. not uh stars okay so five headphones means it's a go and also this is a way for our fans to like interact with us so like when we post it on instagram we'll be like how many headphones do you guys give it go watch the documentary and let us know like do you give it five headphones do you give it four three two one also what do you think of the documentary it was i liked it i do like a good uh fashion documentary but um I mean, I learned a lot about Ralph. I didn't know before. So um, I didn't know Ralph basically made like the Mad Men era of clothing for the 1960s. Yeah. In the 1970s. And then <laughs> you like any in the 1980s. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it's crazy. Well, not I mean, I guess we could talk about it on the podcast. No, yeah. Keep going. We're on the pod right now. Oh, oh we're on the pod. Um, no, nah, I thought what was crazy was um, let me stop the music if we're recording. Um, I think what was crazy was just when they started talking about him doing women's clothing is like really when I got like really when I leaned in, cause I was like, how did he find it so easy? But then when you really, when you watch it in a second time and you hear him talk about his wife and how his wife was, you know, this tomboy, um, really, it really sold me on, I get now why it was so easy for him to put her in a tux. Like she was really his muse, mm-hmm. and like really stuck out to me. He was unapologetic about that. Um, like that was the one thing that like really sold me on it. Because like seeing him, like he, I don't get how you have like how he can see it, <laughs> but eventually, like looking long enough, like I think when it got to home decor, as I was like, now I get it. <laughs> yeah, and I think what's interesting about Ralph because before. 
it was like, I never really thought of Ralph Lauren as like a man. It was more like I thought of him like as an entity, you know what I'm saying? Yes. So, so I don't know what made me think that his money wouldn't be long. Like I knew it would be long, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like, I was like, okay. Because right, right. when the son started talking about how many houses they had, he said they have an estate in New York that, you know, feels like it was in England. Um, I was like, okay, okay, cool. Um, we got a second house, um, an apartment in somewhere in, no, they have a ranch in Colorado. I yeah, like, the ranch, right. the, the, hundred, the hundred acre ranch. It right, is like right, right. Okay. a whole aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Got a ranch, got to have two houses, got to have that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, I get it. Then brother started talking about uh, a beach house in Jamaica and then another apartment in New York somewhere. And I'm like, oh, okay. So y'all are really, really just... You're living. <laughs> okay, doing this. But um, I think what was interesting about it is because like it was I don't even think he thought of he didn't think of himself as a designer, which is mm. an interesting angle right. mm-hmm. as a designer. <laughs> I think it it changes the what you produce. So um I had my qualms with it though, talking about okay. like um mainly with the I guess like the the root of his creativity or like where he pulled everything from. It was the story of like stepping into like um, the American lifestyle and freedom mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Obviously, as Black folks, it's kind of, it's different. It's like, I can't, I'm, I'm not as willing to embrace mm. that. And it's a little bit like, I don't know if I can fully embrace that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, mm. but I think it, 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 I don't know. It was, I hate to be so dry to say informative, but I think it was, I think it was like telling of what, American fashion does look like because a lot of um, designers today are inspired by that. Uh, what's it called? Jerry Lorenzo, one of my favorite designers. He yeah. notes Ralph Lauren being one of like his 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 um, inspirations and like a canon of American fashion. And so it's. I think the one thing that really sticks out to me because I love that you said that. That was one thing that like kind of it it stung me in the side a little bit. It was kind of like it. I kind of likened it to a mosquito bite. I was like, cause it kept festering and I kept itching at it. And I was like, the conversation's right there. And I was like, this is very waspy and they say it a lot. Yeah. Um, they do know. say that word no, a lot, but they're not, but I like that they're unafraid to say it because that's what the aesthetic is. Mm. And he understood the one thing that Ralph, the one thing I respect about his work, especially his fashion is that he never shies away from what it is. He wants to show the, best part of what American culture is. It's not about showing, but that's also one of his biggest criticisms. Mm-hmm. Uh, in doing some research and doing some digging, like I read 2018 critique on NPR, where they were like, this isn't what America is right now. But think about what 2018 was as a country and where we were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, with the president that we had, you know, in the height of the country where we had the racial tensions and you're still giving us it's giving, you know, schoolgirl, you know, skirts (laughs) (laughs) and uniforms. (laughs) And, and, you know, to his credit, he took a step back and in his 50th, you know, anniversary release, he really showed, you know, the really different sides of America. And he realized like, this was a blind spot for me. And no, it wasn't, but it, it, I mean, it wasn't really, I mean, cause at the same time, like he's still a trailblazer, like, you know, first person to put two black people like on a global he campaign. Is. I, I was yeah. like, Dang. like on a global campaign, like 
like the 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 stats are there. I'm not gonna act like the guy didn't didn't do stuff that meant something, but the aesthetic the aesthetic is very waspy, and mm. it gives off that it's a it gives off what what the idea of what American culture looks like. I think the best example was the way when they were talking about his influence in Japan mm-hmm. and how when he got there, how Japanese folk when at that time looked at Ralph Lauren as this is what American style is. It is that iconic. Like for 30, for 50 years, he's been the standard of like what it is. And he's never molded out of that conservatism. I think the 60s, 70s and 80s, well, the 60s and 90s has really been solid for him, especially the 80s, because it was such a conservative time with Reagan. Like during the 60s, you had Nixon. Um, the 60s was a very conservative age as far as suits goes. And so like even what he was doing with wide yeah. with wide ties was already like weird. And then like he's taking like bringing in tweeds, which now you think tweeds are like the American standard of a suit. But like back then, that was uncommon as hell like who would want a tweed suit who would want a linen suit for real for real like who would want something to be wrinkled like with yeah. like linen and walk out and walk outside with it but that was him so yeah i liked it from a inspirational trailblazer position like documentaries do i get inspired by especially like business or like success stories i get kind of i get kind of inspired from it and see i even getting worked up right now just thinking (laughs) (laughs) thinking about how good it was but really like it it did inspire me because i didn't know that side of ralph lauren like i didn't know polo you know i knew polo as the the horse and the the man on there you can't have two horses because then it's usps or whatever it is the so, um, yeah, I was inspired by it. I thought it was good content with <laughs> <that's> <laughs> um, with his background and how he built it. And then, like, I really liked that he was himself the whole time. Like, yes. and being himself and projecting that on masses and making money just by simply being yourself and then using the person you love to you know, be your inspiration or make it another size bigger. You know, I think that that is really inspirational and really a trailblazer um, from this side. I do have my qualms too. I do have my qualms too, but firsthand, let, let me, let me clap for them. Give them yeah. a clap. <laughs> I, I think the best line was when the black woman that was, I really like the black woman who they interviewed. I cannot remember her name, but she, when they were talking about lifestyle and she was like, he's really created, you know, a home edition lifestyle brand, whereas other brand where other designers have just created a bunch of stuff. And I was like, that's it. <laughs> I was like, that's it. Yeah. Okay. No, I I did enjoy it though. It just uh it made me reminisce about really enjoying just the brand like as a kid in the south. And that's what I really wanted more conversation about. I wish they would have had more black folks, especially like the southern influence of Polo Ralph Lauren yeah. is like very very big. Yeah. Um very a lot of Easter suits. Um And I think also the thing is like the brand, I love that he talks about the brand lasting because 
I have had, there is a polo sweater in my family that is still in my family that's been passed down now for three generations. Mm. Like it's a navy blue and white sweater. It's at my aunt's house. And like, I'm still the last person to own it, but I left it there because I didn't want to lose it. But it's one, it, like my grandmother owned it. And like, we've literally kept it forever. Like so many people have worn it because it's been passed down. Yeah. Like hand-me-downs is like a thing in, in our culture, but it's also like, because of like the lasting quality of the shirt and like the piece, like any piece that you get from, from Ralph Lauren, the longer you own it, the better it looks like not many, like, I hate to say it, but the girls just don't, they not doing it like that no more. They don't make stuff that lasts. Like you get a polo rugby nowadays, like an original, like you can keep that for probably 10 years and it'll still look in as, as it fades, it still looks good. Mm. Like, now, one thing about him, he will, it does look good now. Like them cameras, them new cameras exposing garments, you know? <laughs> so when the color is off, it's off for real. When yeah. the stitching is loose, it's loose for real. So when it comes to Ralph Lord and the way he's able to, because he's not even, I thought it was interesting that he didn't even go to design school. And he's this. able to, you know, I knew you would love that. I knew you would. And that he don't even do his own sketches or stitching. And I thought that that was like, what? This man, that's why I say, like, I am inspired by it because he, like, literally pictured it, like, and made it and then put it on the whole world and then took America with it. Mm. I mean, that takes tenacity, too. Like It does. Formal training and it's, like, not even being, like, certain that people are going to understand you when you try to share this vision, but having, being tenacious enough to go after it and then verbalize it just hey hey i want this i want it to look like this know exactly what you want but not having the skill and not be moved right you know (laughs) (laughs) yo listen when he said when he closed that uh his briefcase up with them ties and they said they said we don't want this that's too fat that they too fat and you're gonna have to take your label off and he was like nah we're not doing that bye yeah and just left and then they (laughs) called him back and then they called him back and they put him on the first floor Mm. of bloomingdale's like right there in the center of the floor and i think the most audacious thing is when he opened his first flagship store in new york and they were like, is this going to compete with Bloomingdale's? And then Bloomingdale's orders doubled for mm. Polo. And I was like, oh. And like, but when you think about going into a Ralph Lauren store, I get it now because he would be mad when he would go in the malls and people would have the clothes just on the mannequin any kind of way. Like when you walk into a Ralph Lauren store, the whole entire store is Ralph Lauren the yeah. whole thing? The tables, the mm-hmm. cloth, mm-hmm. the forks, the mirrors, mm-hmm. the chairs, the That's dressing right. room. That's right. <laughs> the shoes, the belts, the bangles. It's all the people. <laughs> it's all him. The pillows. It don't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Like you can buy anything in the store. That had never happened before. Yeah. Like people had just opened stores. You got immersed into it, like, yes, like into his world. 
that's exactly what I wrote down. <laughs> like, because I was like, when you think about it, when you walk into like even a Ralph Lauren outlet store, like an outlet yeah. mall, and you go to the Ralph Lauren store, it's the same thing. Like you're walking into a world. Mm-hmm. Like when you walk into like a lot of these stores, they don't give you that. Like it's just here to close, here's the register, you know, and here's the dressing room. Yeah. It's like you are immersed in a world in his mind and like really it feels like you're in his house like when yeah like what jasmine was talking earlier about the homes it's like oh you want this aesthetic we got it we got it in this store you want this aesthetic we got it in this store and guess what it's seasonal too we can change this whole thing out (laughs) (laughs) over i mean in five minutes we haven't got it down to science (laughs) please please tell us what you would like right that is commitment to brand dna Like, imagine if you want to have, like, if you, like, if you're building your house and you say, you know what, I want a Ralph Lauren bedroom, you can open a brochure and say, Mm -hmm. give me all Mm -hmm. of this. And you're going to get that. Exactly the way you want it. mm -hmm. I mean, but think about, like, the way he, Jasmine, were you going to say something? Say something, Jasmine, because I can go. I was just going to say that should be really that should be the standard because a commitment to brand DNA like that, because that is creating a, like a buyer experience. That's like, it's more than just about the clothes because obviously like you want clothes that are going to last. You want things that are, that fit your aesthetic and da, 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 da. But it's like when you connect to a designer, and I think I said this before, but I think shopping is also is an emotional experience. You know what I'm saying? So something it has to resonate. You you like the way it's cut, you like the way it's sitting, it connects with your lifestyle, whatever, whatever. But I think that that is a brand. That is very much that is what makes a lifestyle brand, even if you're not making blankets and chairs and and such and such. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I mean that's a, a huge point because. And he did it in a way, in a time that we needed it, you know, and the world was like at its readiness for something to sprout, to be its new DNA, to be its, uh, that's why I'm saying when he took America with it, like when I was in my research earlier this week, he has been doing the um, United States Olympics teams uh, uniforms or their coats that they walk into in the Olympics. And I love the Olympics because you see all the nations and just what it means to me about the world. Okay. But when I think about that, that's such a major play because everybody in the world is seeing that this is how America is being represented in Ralph Lauren. And this came from, again, and it's a story to like immigration and immigrants, like that he, his family and him, like, immigrated over to the United States and became citizens and did all and built the business in a time that again is needed. Um, but it's just a, that's a true American story. And I can see why, or what they say America is, you know, but I could give America that cause whatever. It, um, I think that that is the experience I get from it. Like it's the true for an immigrant from an immigrant's perspective like if you're looking at the story of ralph lauren this guy from brooklyn i mean not, not from brooklyn from the bronx um my bad 
and like really, you know, coming out of nothing, like one generation of, you know, from being in another country, you know, family, you know, had, you know, moderate, you know, modest things and able to turn it into a $16 billion yeah. business at one point in time. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Yeah. That's what, that is what every immigrant, you know, dreams. That's what every American dreams of doing, you know, when they start their own business, if they're an entrepreneur, you know, that is, you know, that is the goal, you know, to, but to see him like now, I think now I understand why the quote at the, at the beginning of saying like something is very Ralph Lauren, like I totally understand like he he is an adjective yeah yeah they said that they did say that and jay put a big point like it's an entity like and like folks is that's you you can like you said you look through that catalog and say i want my master bedroom to look like this it will look like that it will look just like that like when kanye said it ain't route oh i was gonna say when kanye said it ain't route though (laughs) honestly I wanted to nominate that for the name of the um it ain't Ralph name. though. Yeah, I wanted to say is it Ralph? <laughs> is, is it Ralph though? Is it? Yeah. I mean, like it 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 was really just cool to watch. Like being a like growing up in Mobile, we wore uniforms in high school. And like every summer I would ask my aunt to like take us to the outlet mall. And of course, I would go straight to um, the polo store. Like, where yeah. else am I gonna? I'm gonna get my navy blue, you know, short sleeve, two button polo. Um, I'm gonna get my um, sky blue button down, uh, you know, denim, uh, uh, denim polo. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna get a couple of bow ties, a um, couple of navy blue and gold for the school colors because they always had the school. I still like. To this day, uh, Ralph Lauren makes the best ties. And I think that's what's mm-hmm. crazy is like for him to be a person who just started off by making ties to get to this. And it was kind of like really simple. It's like, oh, well, if you're going to make the tie, then you're going to have to make a shirt. You're going to have to make a shirt. You are gonna have to make a suit. Like he went from the most basic of things, like going from a four inch tie to a whole entire suit to building the aesthetic of Mad Men. Like you go yeah. watch Mad Men on AMC. That's Ralph Lauren. That's what I was going to say makes this even more impressive. It's that the order of events in which things happen, it's like, it's so impressive because this is, this is, this is, this came naturally to him. Like naturally makes sense. Oh, if I'm making a tie, got to go with a different shirt. You know what I'm saying? And so I think like the fact that it wasn't necessarily planned out, you know, he just had the eye. He had the eye he executed. You know what I'm saying? That is what makes it like, damn, like you really doing this. And this is what he liked. It's just what he liked. Like to see people like Calvin Klein said, I would see him on the street in New York when we were kids. And I'm like, that's a really fly nigga. Basically. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you're Calvin Klein. Like when Anna went to like every single designer right, that like right. showed up to talk about him, you like, yo, do you realize who you are? Right. Like Anna Winter, like big that man up. And I'm like, that's Anna Winter. Bro. Yeah. Even Tom Brokaw, when he was on there, like, I didn't think about it that way from a news broadcaster perspective, how, like, his aesthetic was Ralph Lauren, like, being the news, like, Mm. so you saw Ralph Lauren on the news every single night, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
that's what that's what Tom Brokaw was wearing. Like it became the American. I get why it became the American standard. And it's all by happenstance, like by coincidence. I did like what Anna Winter said about like the question she asked. And I'm going to ask you all this. Um, if you talk to a young designer and ask them who they most admire or who they might like to meet, who would y'all say? I'd say Ralph Lauren. I'd probably lose my mind. I'd say Ralph or Ann. Or Ann. Ralph or Ann. Yeah, Ralph or Ann. I'm a designer. The question is just what a, a designer you'd like to meet? Yeah, who would you like to meet? Just simply. I think with all of this new information I've acquired, I think I think Ralph Lauren. Mm. I would like to meet the man that or woman that made Gap or like Old Navy. <laughs> like somewhere like that. You know? But Gap Gap as well is one is is one of those Banana Republic like American brands mm-hmm. that you think of. Like yeah. I the one of the one of the things I Levi's. When I think about <laughs> Gap, I think about was it Gap that was it LO Cool J who did the Gap commercial? Like they changed the game, like or was mm-hmm. it Levi? I can't remember what what it was. It was either Calvin Klein or let me see. I gotta Google it. Give me a second. <laughs> you want to say because I know uh, Mark Wahlberg was doing the Calvin Klein stuff. Mm. I don't know if you I think it was a Gap commercial. Do y'all remember the? Yes, um, it was a Gap commercial. Okay. It was in 1999, well, 1997, I think, and he rocked a Fubu cap during it. Um, I remember, yeah, it was the 1999 commercial. Um, and it was huge. Like the biggest thing was because he was wearing a Fubu cap during it, like rocking it all white. But Gap was like this, um, like it really became like this very basic American standard. And I think the thing about Gap was how accessible it was because whereas Polo sold the aesthetic of, you know, very waspy, very, you know wealthy like it's expensive yeah um, like gap was very much more accessible yeah. like but gap also gave you banana republic if you wanted something that was a little bit more expensive yeah. you know what yeah. i'm saying yeah um then they gave you old navy if you really really needed something that was more accessible but old navy don't miss and you know they gave you gap that was in the middle like and that's why they called it gap because it was the gap mm. between banana republic and but the Banana Pro- Republic, do you know that for real? Did Banana Republic come before Old Navy? No, I, I think it's Banana Republic comes, is it? I thought it was Old Navy, Gap, Banana no, Republic. No, I'm talking about in its inception, like the Banana Republic. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. The gap between, no I got idea. you. Banana I've Republic only, Gap. I've only ever been in the Banana Republic store maybe twice in my life. Right. I've only right. been in one twice as well. Like I I went to one in the Mall of Georgia, I think. And what was our episode last week? <laughs> I know. So our last episode, a, a love letter to Georgia malls was about mall culture and the rise and fall, sort of from our personal view. And so um, me and the guys, we talked about the history of malls and their place in the communities. And we didn't do this alone. We had our first guest, um, Bianca Tatum and Theodore Fitted. Thank you guys so much for joining us on the show. So make sure you go listen to episode 12 on all digital streaming platforms. And while you're at it, make sure you're following our social media sites, 
Um, we're most active on Instagram. So follow us on LMGMP, excuse me, HP. That's at LMGMHP. And it's the same across all media, social media platforms. So, you know, we're doing some new things going into the second quarter of, a, of the show. And we want to start including um, our listeners' voices a little bit more during segments and, you know, offering you guys business promotions. Um, so be sure to turn on those notifications. We're doing some new things this year, guys, um, you know, and be the first to, to plug in with us. Yeah, I've only been in the uh, Banana Republic maybe twice. I don't even know if I went all the way to the back of the store. <laughs> <laughs> a loop back. <laughs> Might have picked up a couple of blouses and said, mm, let me go on to uh, Urban Outfitters. <laughs> but, uh, Pull up the tag real quick. Oh, this thing is. <laughs> I know you fucking lying. I know you lying. But um, it be given country club very much, you know, mm-hmm. and Old Navy be given friends with people who are a part of a country club, you know, <laughs> so, or like, the ones that work in the country club. <laughs> Y'all ain't right. <laughs> I mean, I shop at Old Navy. <laughs> Still, we'll go up and there get a T-shirt for Fourth of July. I know they reliable, you know. So. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. Nah, but I really did enjoy it. It was just really fun to watch, you know, him grow as a designer. Even though he really didn't model himself as a designer, you know, from that perspective. But just like seeing him, seeing his wife be his muse, and how intentional he was in that. Um, like his kids as well, like basically starting, you know, women's clothing because his daughter was like, yo, I want to wear that. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or like even people on his, you know, on his team just saying like, yo, can you can you cut that in a in a smaller size? Like he never thought he'd do women's clothing, you know, and then end up in that. Um, yeah. And then like just breaking the mold for it. I just think it was time for him though. Like that's the thing about windows, you know, like sometimes when you go through those, when you are able to see those windows and you just go straight through them, you know, like some person probably would have gave up, not even, yeah, gave up on the tie idea or sold out, you know, and that's how we have these other brands kind of, you know, and, but Ralph in this position said, no, this is what we're going to do. But yeah, I think that that, that does take tenacity. It it takes a lot of things, but yeah, he did that. He really did that. I just loved like thinking about my my high school years, especially the we used to have polo parties. We had two polo parties back in high school. Mm. Where and I remember kids really came head to toe. Just like on the documentary, hat, shirt, uh, wife beater under the shirt, uh, draws, shorts, belt, socks, shoes, polo down, poloed down. Mardi Gras. Oh, my goodness. What a time. What a time, man. Yeah. But black folks really loved it. Like, I remember like seeing young Dro (laughs) poloed out as a rapper or like seeing Kanye like. Um, rocking polos during like the college dropout and late registration. Like that was a whole aesthetic. 
like mm-hmm. Wu-Tang, even going back to the Wu-Tang days, um, like the same puff jacket that he wore. I got to look it up. I think it went for like a meal, um, like just a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of this stuff is iconic, especially the nineties culture, like, especially like, uh, how Tommy Hilfiger was as well in the nineties with R and B, like with, um, God, I'm drawing a blank with what her name, with Aaliyah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And others, um, in that era. So like he owned it, like it, like he just standard, man, like yeah. just an amazing time. So with us, like going over what, um, how we think of Ralph Lauren, what were some of the, the qualms for the, the documentary, but maybe also some things that you might've read online or, um, some of the things that you might've experienced or, you know, the experience of Ralph Lauren. I wanted more focus on the nineties era. I didn't feel like um, the conversation around how it influenced hip hop and streetwear culture was really properly highlighted. Like two segments, like, um, I did a little Googling and I know, um, one of the Wu-Tang members was like a little, you know, hurt by it, not, uh, not being reached out to, mm-hmm. um, and just more talk about like, cause he really had a huge influence in the nineties, like, and just it, him kind of like dodging it or, you know, not wanting to remember it was a little, it was a little odd to me. Um, kind of a blind spot for me uh really um i especially like even thinking back to the 2018 uh critique that i mentioned um milly just more so like you're looking at the state of the country and you're trying to give people this now what your aesthetic is you're giving isn't really what the country is right now so it's kind of a lie so and i kind of get why that was the criticism at the time but that's also what he's always done. Would have liked to see a little bit more. I feel like, you know, they talked about his transition from menswear to women's wear, but I, 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 I want to see more about what that leap looked like. And even though for the most part, his, his news was his wife, I'd like to see like, what he was putting on women, the formal wear that he was putting on women. And so, and I think, and I'm saying that because, you know, with the Met coming up in September and it's. What's the theme? American fashion. I don't remember the actual literal name of it, but it's American fashion. So So he is busy. (laughs) So. Oh, he better be. Okay. So I feel like we're going to see a lot of Ralph on the red carpet. And so I just would have liked to see more of his formal wear because I think historically thinking about fashion obviously streetwear is a huge part of it but I think the red carpet and what we see on celebrities in Hollywood for a long time that was like that was how like trends are kind of born that way and so like when um so when they for instance we started off the right off the jump the documentary started off with um, Audrey Hepburn and I love Audrey Hepburn because she was like the original fashion girl. She was like the first celebrity or actor or, or big, like huge person to have to cultivate like personal relationships with designers. And so I think I would have liked to see 
more of that in the in the Ralph documentary. Mm. Explain yeah. that though. Like, what do you? Yeah, mean? I was gonna. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, can you go into detail about what a fashion girl is or what part? Like the wanting to see more of <laughs> like to because it focused a lot on generally how he revolutionized the fashion industry through like his casual wear and stuff like that. And that's a huge part of it. But like being a designer who did not focus in women's wear in the beginning, how, what was that transition into women's formal wear like, and what were the, who were the women that were inspiring these gowns and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Outside of the, the, the muse. Right. You did say that. Got it. I mean, what did y'all think about him using his wife as a muse. I think, I think it was beautiful, uh, you know, from a relationship standpoint and like how committed that she was also to like his vision and like what he wanted. Like you saw Kanye try to do that with Kim, like when he dressed her, but he probably got that. It didn't give that. You're right. You're absolutely right. Got that from Ralph. You know what I'm saying? Like I can understand probably now I'll understand now why he was attempting to do that. Um, because you're trying to, you, you're creating something and you're, right. you love this person so much that you even base your creations off of the, the thought of this person. Right. Um, so like, I, I kind of get what Jasmine is saying because I want to see like how intimate, like that really goes into every stitch when, when they make a shirt, like, cause they said they took one day to make one t-shirt for when they made a women's yeah. shirt, when they made a woman's shirt. I want to see that process. Right. Yeah. I want to see him say, this isn't it, you know, take it back. I want to like pull I it wanna, apart or something. Like, pull like, it look, apart. At like look at this. Like, like, like it, it doesn't, <laughs> it does it's, like, I want him to be like, it's not giving stretch. Like, <laughs> right. Need, yeah. it's, it is it's not, not giving. But what I, I guess what I was talking about is like, it only like when you're talking about the hip hop culture, like what Ralph Lauren did for the hip hop culture, 10 minutes just wasn't enough for me. Mm. And complex magazine has um, a, a uh, piece that they did, the very Ralph documentary. It just barely addresses. They they say it's one of his greatest influences is hip hop culture, which I think it is. Um, like the '90s as that era, like especially like with when Tyson Beckford's wearing polo sport, that's a huge deal. But because that's what really brought a lot of black folks in. Like when you see, yeah, when you see, yeah. you know, Tyson Beckford, you know. And uh, what's her name? Jesus Christ. Naomi Campbell. Yeah. Naomi like on, Campbell. Yeah. Naomi Campbell on a national, like a national campaign, like as black folk. Did like, that do like, yeah, that was something for like black folks. But was that, did that translate? Is what I'm trying to get. Like we celebrate seeing other black folks, you know, <laughs> getting to work with big brands or different things, you know, things that are right. really big. We celebrate that as a community, but I'm wondering did that translate as much as it should. And I'm just playing devil's advocate because, you know, like I'm sure it did, you know, right. <laughs> it, it made the impact that I'm trying to get to, but like, did it make that impact to where it should have been highlighted in the documentary or yeah. was it like just our community seeing how many like rappers and things wore that type of clothing? I think, I think the only reason I think it would have is because like, I think back to Raekwon, you know, wearing that polo snow beach jacket, you know, that is like one of the most iconic music videos ever. 
Like, can it all be so simple? But also, mm. like, the fact that that same jacket went for a million dollars from a New York collector, like, that's one of the most iconic jackets, like, and it's iconic not just because it's polo, but because of hip-hop culture. Yeah. Like, you can't talk about hip-hop culture without talking about the influence when it talks, when it comes to fashion, when, without talking about polo. From polo yeah. rugby, Or polo can't talk, be talked about without mentioning hip-hop. The, the hip-hop, yeah. Exactly. Like, they blend all too well together. Like, it does, you know, obviously give Low Life's influence, which is huge in New York, which, shout out to them, but, like, Wu-Tang was just as much a part of that, and they deserved, I, I feel like they deserved that highlight. That's why I wanted to talk about it now, because I feel like that's very much a part of, like, culture. Like, when we talk about it, like, even from a Southern perspective, I were like the reason why I knew a lot of kids were wearing were polo down is because they saw young Dro wearing polo head to toe, you know, in Atlanta. But everybody in Atlanta was wearing polo head to toe. You were wearing four thousand dollars worth of clothes in Atlanta. And they said and that. But I didn't like that perspective, though. I didn't like that they gave I didn't our either. community that like we was wearing it improper not to wear they how it was created or that's how I felt rather no and then, I, or they were I, I wearing too much of it um I, I didn't like that because we did but that was how we dressed you know that's how we wanted to get down that's how we... and that's why and I think if we had I think if they gave more time to have that perspective given that could have been shared but I don't feel like that voice was like really amplified and that's that was my that was my my eyesore that's where I you know or my side I was. I was like, I just wanted more black folks to give a little bit more perspective yeah. because rather than black- the spenders. Yeah. <laughs> rather than the spenders. But I thought it was interesting too that um that they announced him being or he was gonna design, and I'm sure people know, and you know his uh, company is public so it's on the stock market and with that that's when his if y'all remember in the story like that's when his business like tripled that's when he became going overseas and things of that nature but when I looked at like a recent article or went to Ralph Lauren Google search news you know and one of the first articles is like um uh talking about him getting that um USA Olympics season white coat you know walking to the um the dome or whatever it is um over there in japan for the summer olympics i think it is and what they when i read that article and that was like three weeks ago and like four days ago his stocks like did not triple i shouldn't say that like increased by two point like 27 percent and you know like i just think about what that announcement meant and again him being so american and like people owning a piece of um um polo ralph lauren and then also like him being at the them announcing the u.s olympics it all moves that muscle for that family like that polo ralph lauren muscle did you also in that's just a quirky thing about me that i liked about stock markets but y'all also catch the part where they changed his last name Yes. 
sometimes you got to make executive decisions like that. And I'm glad because <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> Look, when his brother said, Look, I was tired of being called lift shits, I was like, Okay, bro. <laughs> gotta cut that. I, I, cut, I that cut, that. <laughs> cut that loose. Cut that loose. I love that. Nobody, nobody. That sound like they come clean out the uh, septic tank. <laughs> they clean. Do shall do sound like that. Yeah, but yeah, that's you know that is I, that I, episode. I really did. No, I really did enjoy it. Like it was a fun documentary to watch. And I wanted to introduce, speaking of which, because I want to rate this documentary, but we are going to rate uh, things that we watch or that we listen to um, in a new way on Let Me Get My Headphones podcast. We're going to give it one to five headphones. All right. So if it's five headphones, that means we love it. If it's four headphones, it means we we like it. If it's three headphones, I mean, yeah, we're in the middle. If it's two headphones, it's it's beard. If it's if it's four head, if it's you know one headphone, you gotta unplug your headphones. You gotta take that out. You gotta unplug. <laughs> um. So yeah. So if it's five headphones, you need to get your headphones. All right. So um, we want you guys to you know watch this documentary as well if you have HBO Max. Um, and let us know on Instagram if you enjoyed it when this episode comes out um, and you tell us what it feels like. I mean, tell tell us, you know, how did you feel it was giving, um, you know, and we're going to do music like this now, I guess, <laughs> and uh, movies, too. So, yeah, let's see where it goes. Yeah. And this was our shoot the shit episode. So, you know, I hope you jumped right on in as we jumped right on in with you all today. So. Um, keep rocking with us. We love you. And Jasmine, you have any closing words? Be good. Be good. Be good. All right. All right.